Hey, and welcome back to the Food Freedom Simplified podcast. I am your coach, Michelle Payne. And I am your coach, Charlotte Yates. And we are here on a mission to educate and empower you to make long-lasting change with a few laughs along the way. In today's episode, we are going to be tackling your questions. Now, this week, we have chosen three of your questions because these are meaty and there is so much detail that we can go into in these. Before we kick off for today's episode, don't forget to leave us a review and share this podcast with your friends and family too. Without any further ado, let's get on to today's episode. So we are going to give you as much information as possible to try and help you. I have absolutely no doubt that each and every one of you are going to be able to relate to these in some way or another. So we're going to kick off with the first question, which is, I either have a protein bar or a protein shake to top up my protein every day to my goal, which is 110 grams, but I'm not losing weight. I was told to increase my protein. Help. Okay, cool. Right. This is good because we've got some detail. I would ask you a couple questions back before we go into some specifics. So A, why is your goal 110? Are you doing any kind of physical activity with it? Are you doing weighted workouts? Are you doing cardio? Your goal is obviously weight loss because you're saying you're not losing weight, but it's not just about your protein. Social media bangs on at the moment about protein, (laughs) protein, protein, which is great. Protein is really important. But at the moment, you shouldn't be struggling to eat protein unless you're a vegan. Okay, even if you're vegetarian, you shouldn't be struggling to eat protein because everything in the supermarkets is plastered with the word protein. (laughs) Um, I would say that The fact you're having a protein bar, these I don't massively promote. Protein shakes are fine if if you need to push up that protein level, if you're really, really struggling. But protein bars are really full of carbohydrates. Okay, so they plaster on there. Low, no added salt, no added sugar, high in protein. But they forget to comment on the carbohydrates. I don't, I mean, I like them. I do enjoy a protein bar. I don't know about you, Charlotte. Do you like them? I do but I also have quite a lot to say about the protein bar side of things as well but I'll let you carry on and then I'll uh, I'll jump in in a second (laughs) cool so so protein bars are really high in carbohydrates right so next time you get a protein bar have a look at the back of it so it's probably going to be depending on which one you get somewhere between 25 and 40 grams of carbohydrates which let's relate it is probably the same as a bowl of pasta that you're going to have with lunch or dinner or breakfast like I'm not eliminating it some people might eat pasta for breakfast um So you can get so much more from those carbohydrates than you can from the sugars and other things that are going to be in protein bars. Also, remember to check not just the carbs, but below carbs, it'll say of which is sugar and make sure that the of which is sugar is not the same, that it's always lower than of carbohydrates, because that basically means it's a simple carbohydrate. So it's a sugar and it's going to go through you much quicker. It's not going to give you the energy. It's going to give you an instant burst of energy and then it's gone. Um, So the questions I would ask you back are, where did you get your goal of 110 from? Um, There are some daily recommended. I think the WHO recommends 0.8 grams of protein, which in my opinion is quite low, even for someone who's trying to lose weight. So I normally put my clients, depending on their goals, somewhere between 1.2 grams of carbohydrate, uh, 1.2 grams of protein to 1.8 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. Um, So somewhere around there, depending on how much you weigh um, and what your goal is. So kind of focus on that. And if you are not losing weight, you also need to look at your carbs and also need to look at your fat content. It's not just your protein. 
are you consuming less than you're burning, which we have said before, but right, go ahead for a Charlotte. <laughs> okay, so ultimately, like Michelle's just said, the protein side of it is one snapshot of your whole diet. And what I mean by diet isn't what you're eating to lose weight, just purely what you're eating on a day-to-day basis, right? So if you're finding that you're not losing weight, then to put it as black and white as I possibly can, you are not in a calorie deficit. You may think you're in a calorie deficit. However, there is something there that means you're not in a calorie deficit. Um, And it could be like, we were talking about food labels earlier. Food labels are allowed to be around 20% out. So even if you are tracking your calories every day, they're not going to be 100% correct. And I suppose it goes back to if you're not tracking calories, then how do you know that you're in a deficit, um, which is ultimately what you need to be in, in order to lose weight. With the kind of protein bar side of things as well. Now, I do have protein bars. However, I am conscious of which ones I have, because like Michelle said, there are some that actually are just packed full of rubbish, uh, packed full of sugar and actually are no healthier for you quote unquote than a chocolate bar right and i i do see protein bars as a chocolate bar um rather than anything more i suppose healthy or clean although i hate the phrase clean um the ones i tend to go for are the grenade ones to be honest with you because i know that they are going to be lower in sugar um but other ones just keep an eye out and just keep a watch for how much sugar is in those um I'm just trying to think is there anything else that I would say that Michelle hasn't already covered off, to be honest with you. But I think just the most important thing is, like Michelle said, where are you getting that 110 grams from a day? For my clients, I tend to go, again, depending on goals, 1.5 to 2 two grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. Um, so that might be where you've got your 110 grams from potentially. But have a look at your diet as a whole and don't just focus on, I need to get this protein amount in. Yeah, also... Uh... Protein, again, is really hyped in the media because of a few things when it comes to weight loss is protein does take a not massively, but does take a little bit longer for your body to digest. So from a thermal effect of food point of view, your body is burning more calories when it is breaking down that protein to be able to use it, whether that's for muscle stimulation, muscle growth, whatever it is that it's using that protein for. Um, But it's not just that it does keep you fuller for longer but so do complex carbohydrates and so does fat all of these things do still keep you full it's about having that balanced diet so don't just focus on your protein I when you're looking at your plate of food I do always say so I'm not going to conflict and contradict (laughs) myself but I do always say focus on your protein first so whatever you're having in that meal look at the protein source first then look at your simple carb simple carbs or complex carbs or whatever it is that you're having with it or a mixture of both then your fibrous carbs and then you're going to have a look at your fat content so you need to have a look at the whole picture like charlotte said and not just your protein source but hopefully that gives you a little bit of information i did actually get three or four questions on protein but this kind of ticks off all of those questions um and we're going to move on to the next one which is all about stress which I know a lot of us are feeling at the moment because it is summer holidays. So if you have kids at home, (laughs) the stress levels are high, trust me. Uh, But even if that is not the case, work can be stressful. Family life can be stressful. Going on holiday can be stressful. The (laughs) whole packing situation, is my flight going to be delayed? Am I going to get there on time? Am I going to wake up when my alarm goes off? 
all of these things can be stressful if you're going through a divorce if you are getting married positive to a negative it is still a stressful situation um so charlotte shall we bang on and talk about the old cortisol yes so this question i suppose it's hard to answer it as a yes or a no because there are so many things that could be going on for you from a behavioral point of view but also from a physiological point of view as to why you're finding that you're not losing weight so firstly i would go back to if we if we focus on kind of the behavioral side of things first do you find that you eat more when you're stressed because if you find that you eat more when you're stressed or you start to emotionally eat then that could mean that you're having an increase in calories which could mean that you're in a surplus which could be one of the reasons why you're not losing weight right if we look at it from a really basic behavioral point of view then there's the other side like Michelle mentioned that if you are incredibly stressed and that stress isn't kind of going down your cortisol levels are going to be raised which I know for me, like if my cortisol levels are raised because I'm stressed, that's when my IBS flares up. That's when inflammation gets worse for me. But I also emotionally as well. So that doesn't work. Like that doesn't help all those kind of things mixed together. Um, so for me, I say the first thing you need to look at and have a think about is, are you turning to food when you're stressed? Because if you are, that's probably one of the main reasons as to why you're finding that you're not losing weight at the moment if you are going through a period of stress. But if you are going through a period of stress, is now the right time for you to lose weight or is now for you the right time to focus on losing weight? I mean, there's never going to be a perfect time, don't get me wrong, but are you kind of putting all of this pressure on yourself thinking, right, I've got to lose two pounds this week. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. But do you actually need to take a step back and focus on the smaller things if you are incredibly stressed? Because if you are feeling really stressed, what might be better for you to focus on right now is potentially having that time where you can go out and get some fresh air and try and de-stress that way and find other ways that are going to help you to relax as much as you can, depending on what level of stress you're going through and what it is that's happening for you at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And this is where I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of journaling at all. However, <laughs> I am going to jump on the journaling bandwagon in that if you are really stressed, a to-do list or journaling yeah. is really helpful because this was literally me last week. I was run down I was overstressed I was literally burning the candle at both ends and I had to just stop and go back to writing everything down so I wrote down my to-do list it was like two a4 pages long it's ridiculous but when I could see and I could start ticking those things off yes I've done it yes I've done it or I've done half of it or actually I don't need to do that anymore it's out of my head it's somewhere else and I then am not overly consumed by it and it does really help I've got a client at the moment who is desperately, desperately trying to lose weight. Um, she has to lose a stone and a half before they will start IVF. She's been trying with her husband for a baby for uh, four and a half years, five years, like a really long time. And she is really stressed by it. And not only is she stressed by the fact that she isn't conceiving that baby, she's also stressed now by this deadline. I mean, she's 40, 41. So, you know, time is unfortunately ticking. So, she has now got a deadline of her age. She's got a deadline of a weight that she has to get to because of the IVF. And she's stressed because she's not conceiving this baby that she so desperately wants. So she's got stress upon stress upon stress. And in this situation, I want to make sure that we can't take any of these away because they're all equally important for her. So we need to find what else could be causing her stress. If she has another daughter, is there something that she could do? Could she increase her childcare? 
is that something she needs to do or does she actually need to spend more time with her child she's working at the moment is there any stresses at work that she could reduce there's so many other things that you can look at if there are elements of your stressful situation that you can't hold back on and restricting food restricting situations for this particular client is the worst thing that we could do it's more working around the types of food that she's having rather than putting her into that hunger zone because that's again just going to cause stress again because of her her background so yeah think more about so the question again I'm so stressed and her this is why I'm not losing weight so it may be one of the factors why you're not losing weight but again we're just getting a tiny little picture here so are you exercising? Are you getting out? Are you being mindful of the food that you're eating? Are you working on your mental health? Are you okay in general? Are you feeling okay? Do you need to go to the doctor? Is there something that you can seek medical help with as well? Um, there's lots of questions around this. 100%. And I think just one kind of, I suppose, actionable step that that you could try is something called a stop start continue so this is basically where you have three columns you have a stop a start and a continued column and you write down every single task every single thing that is on your mind and once you've done that you then put them into these three columns and you'll end up with a list that you can stop a list that you need to continue and then a list that you need to start and what it does is it allows you to really see on paper right what things are kind of in my mind what things am I saying to myself at the moment in terms I need to get this done this done this done that I can actually stop worrying about for the moment and put to a side what do I need to continue doing but then also what do I need to start doing which could be things like starting to focus on slightly different things like getting your fresh air in and things like that to help with that de-stressing as well um so a stop start continue might be something that you find quite helpful if you are kind of overwhelmed with a lot of different things that you need to do at the moment I love that. I have never heard <laughs> that before. I am. Um, I use something simple, uh, something similar to that with my clients, but definitely that. I love that. I love that. I'm. I'm going to take it that. away. You can see it. <laughs> Amazing. So, if we move on to the next question, which again is a really beefy one, so pretty sure I am perimenopausal. I've just turned forty-seven, and I don't know whether it's. Uh, busy, busy, sorry, physiological, but I have literally zero motivation to be healthy anymore. I know I should be, but everything else seems more important at the moment. I'm going to send this one to you first, Michelle, and get your thoughts because you're, I suppose, a lot of your clients are in this sort of stage at the moment. Yeah, I work with a lot of perimenopausal and menopausal women. Um, this is really common. So, first things first, you are 100% not on your own. And you don't have to have hit the perimenopausal stage in order to feel this way, feel like you just ha don't have the energy or the enthusiasm for yourself anymore. If you look back to in your 20s, <laughs> you were probably a lot more selfish. You only had to think about yourself. You probably didn't have to think about a mortgage. You probably didn't even have to think about whether you went to work. You were probably thinking about the next time you were going to call in sick. Like there's there's lots of things that have changed you've got a lot more responsibility you are probably thinking about 700 things a day whereas before you might have been thinking about 10 so be a bit more kind to yourself in the fact that you have got other things that you want to prioritize and you have to prioritize but right now the worst thing you could do is to say I have to put myself above all of these things because you might do for a day, you might do for two days, you might do for a week, but you're not going to consistently do it because your kids, your husband, your dogs, your horses, your house, whatever it is, is 
going to go above and beyond you as a priority at some point. So all you need to think is you need to bring yourself up to the same level. You need to be as equally important as all of these other things. You do not want to put yourself into a situation where you're forced to prioritize yourself. You get diagnosed with osteoporosis. You get diagnosed with a heart disease. You get diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. You fall over and break your arm because your muscles, you haven't been working on your muscles. And if you had been, these situations and these things wouldn't have happened. You're not focusing on your health, so you're falling ill all the time. You're not focusing on your nutrition, so you feel run down, tired, lethargic. There's the everything interconnects, absolutely everything interconnects. So you need to take one of these things. So you haven't got the energy, the motivation to do anything about yourself. So take one thing that you're going to do. How can you be 1% better tomorrow than you were today? This is something Charlotte and I both use the 1% rule. So just one thing or part of one thing that you can do to help yourself be better tomorrow is that wake up 10 minutes earlier and give yourself 10 minutes just to you before the rest of the house wakes up. Is it go out for a walk after dinner so that you don't feel too full before you go to bed is it going to bed earlier is it turning your phone off because social media is bringing you down are you following accounts that are really really negative can you unfollow some of them are you following too many weight loss programs if I am one of them and I'm bringing you down please unfollow me that I don't want people to feel negative from it I'm supposed to like my name is Michelle Motivates, like I'm supposed to motivate. <laughs> so, so if that's me, please unfollow me. I think it's it's important to do one thing at a time and try not to overwhelm yourself and and bring yourself up as a priority because you are really important because without you, without your house, well, there is no you. So be a bit kind to yourself. Yeah, and I think just being on that, on that side of kind of being a bit kind to yourself as well, you've, in this question you put, I know I should be, where has that come from? And this is what I say to any of my clients or to be honest, anyone that I'm talking to when they start to say, I should be doing this. Where does this rule come from? Because it sounds like to me that at the moment, your kind of main values are different to maybe that than what it, like what it was before, which is why potentially where you're finding that you've got no motivation. So who said or where has it come from that you should be focusing on you know, having motivation to go and do X, Y, Z and to lose weight and all of that side of things. Because once you start to figure out where that's come from, that will massively help. Um, but don't, again, don't be hard on yourself if you if you haven't got the motivation right now. If there's more important things going on in life, that's absolutely fine. Um, but I think just really breaking down that rule of where that's come from in terms of, oh, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. Because the minute we don't do that, we then put this guilt on ourselves. And again, we feel this guilt and this shame because we're not doing something that we think we should be doing. Yeah, completely. And taking the perimenopausal side of things, you may, your hormones are are all over the place if you are at this stage of life. And one day you will feel on top of the world and the next day you will feel like the world is on top of you. And knowing how you're feeling and what you're actually capable of in that day is really important. Something similar, but not a lot of my clients with endometriosis and fibromyalgia from an energy point of view and from a pain threshold point of view, it's giving yourself option A, B and C. So if you are feeling on top of the world, you're going to do your tasks and your things today, which are on list A. And that's amazing. You're going to smash it. You're going to put yourself forward. You're going to drive down that path A. So A, B and C are all leading to the same destination. Just some of the paths are a bit longer. 
If you're feeling okay, but you feel like you might be taking a bit of a turn, then go for option B. You still know that everything on option B is still gonna be taking you to that path. It's just a little bit slower. And if worst case scenario, you feel bed bound, you feel literally like the world is on top of you, you haven't got the energy, you're in umpteen amounts of pain, then take option C. Again, you're still on that path. You're still going to where you wanna be, but you've got structure, you've got that routine, which most of us do crave. Um, also from the perimenopausal side, if you have got effects of the perimenopause, and I, I'm very conscious not to use the word symptoms because it's not a disease. Um, so if you've got effects of the perimenopausal stage or you feel like you're even into menopause, talk to your doctor if you haven't done already. There are lots of things they can do to help. And I don't just mean medication. There are lots of things they can do and suggest. But if you are, if you haven't already spoken to a doctor or you have, but you're not happy with the answers, please ring although it's very hard to actually get through to anybody at the doctors at the moment. They send us, my local doctors just send us <laughs> this horrendous questionnaire that either tells you you need an appointment at the end or tells you that you can start off. So it's oh, so, it's literally so frustrating. Awful. Um, yeah, really bad. So you need to specify that you yeah. want to talk to a doctor that specializes in the menopause because not every single doctor does limited doctors do actually so it's not a stipulation of becoming a GP they don't actually have to do any kind of study into it past the generic stuff that they have to go through so ask to speak to a specialist in that area and if you have to wait a little bit longer for an appointment then you need to wait a little bit longer for an appointment you can always have a phone consultation with another doctor in the meantime um, but it is worth speaking to a specialist in that or please reach out to me I do I, I work with a lot of women in this area um, and if it's something that I can help you with again please just pop me a message yeah and I think just on the doctor side of things as well when you are going to the doctor sometimes it's good to go armed with information um, of what you think is going on for you right now and what path you potentially want to go down um especially if you're seeing someone that isn't specialized within that area so do a little bit of research as well or speak to michelle like michelle said um just so you're kind of fully armed so that you don't feel like you're going to get fobbed off um because sometimes that can happen especially with like female health which is a whole other topic in itself but there we go um <laughs> but hopefully hopefully that answers your your question and i love the idea about the abc um, it's very similar to what I do with my clients in terms of like the minimums and maximums lists. Yeah. Um, yeah, having having kind of options where you're still going to reach your goals. So you don't feel like you've failed as such um, is a really, really helpful tip. So thanks. For that yeah, which, which is a big thing. And I think a lot of a lot of women, especially if they've been on a diet or tried a healthier lifestyle before and it hasn't worked or it has worked for a period of time in the back of your mind, you always think that you are going to fail. If this is you, please listen to our previous podcast because there are lots of things in there which loads and loads and loads of tips that will help you. Um, and there's lots of information that might send you in a different direction as well than, than the path that you might be leading down. Um, so guys, that is it from us today. We are back later on this week. So please, please subscribe if you haven't already and join us for the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We love to chat all things nutrition, mindset and everything in between. So if you've got any questions, you can drop us a message over on Instagram. I can be found at Collective Health UK. And I can be found at Michelle underscore motivates underscore. We release a brand new Q&A episode every single Monday. So get your questions in 
No question is too silly and we can always leave it anonymous. And we will catch you at the next one.